Well, good morning, and uh, whether you're on, in person or on Zoom, it, it's good to be with you. Um, look, there are lots of reasons right now not to attend church, whether it's in person or on Zoom. I was reading last night that people are getting so weary of Zoom that millennials are using their phones to call people more, and about the shock that this is to so many people. There's been a surge in the number of just phone calls, regular phone calls being made. Um, in all seriousness, there are lots of reasons not to attend church right now. Um, and I want to challenge us in two ways. One, continue to be careful and to consider your neighbor. There, there is a, a surge in cases. There are many people who are sick and vulnerable so be careful. And at the same time, one of the things that is not being said enough right now is that as human beings, part of what it means to be human and to be embodied is to be in the presence of other humans. And so look, we need to be careful. We need to care for each other, but we become less human when we become isolated from each other. And we have to hold these things together to remain human. And so as wearying as it is, stick with it. Whatever that looks like for you, you've got to stick with it. All right, that's the first sermonette. Here's the next one. As we wait for Christmas, we're following the lives of four people in the Bible, Joseph, Moses, David, and Zechariah. And our church's Advent devotional leads you through their lives during the week. If you don't have a copy of our Advent devotional, there are two left print copies, but there, it is also online. You can find it there on our website. Um, we're looking at each of their lives through this lens of waiting. And last week was Joseph. This week, we're looking at the life of Moses. If you heard the sermon last week, I drew on two lessons in waiting from Joseph's life, Joseph's life. And I'm going to draw out the same two lessons in Moses' life, and then I'm going to add a new one at the end. Now, it's not often that you have most of the sermon before it even starts. So who can give me the first lesson on waiting from last week? Anybody? Uh, I, knew you all, I know you all listen and memorize this. Here's the first lesson in waiting. Waiting is born out of promise. It's born out of promise. Moses lives his life with a vague awareness of a promise. He grows up in the household of Pharaoh, but once he's an adult, he begins venturing out to visit his native people. You get the sense that this becomes a habit for Moses. And what sticks out to him when he visits, visits his people is their poor treatment by the Egyptians. You can imagine the way that Moses' repeated visits his repeated observations of abuse and harsh treatment would wear on him. And one day he seizes the role of deliverer. He kills an Egyptian who is beating a fellow Hebrew. And the following day he returns and he makes his rounds again. And this time he tries to assume the role of mediator in a disagreement between two Hebrews. But one of them turns it against him. And because he's from the household of Pharaoh, uh, Egyptian royalty, Pharaoh gets wind of Moses' doings, and Moses has to run out of town. Now, when he's young, Moses lives with this vague awareness of a promise, two promises, really. One, that the Israelites, his fellow people, are not meant to be enslaved. Two, 
that he is to play some part in their freedom. Moses' killing of the Egyptian is a lot like Joseph's early sharing of his dreams. These are parallel. Moses is not mature enough to receive the promise yet. He's going to have to wait to grow into the promise of being a deliverer. But there is still, in this moment, a seed of a promise. Here's something I hope that you draw from these stories of waiting. If there is any way in your own life that you feel like you are waiting, there is likely some promise from God there. It's not fully formed. It's, it is vague. But there's still a promise. And when you're young, this is especially common. You're full of longings when you're young, full of ideas and desires about life. Life seems to go by so slowly a lot of the time. And the sense of waiting doesn't end as you get older. And your job in waiting is to listen and actively seek God until the promise is revealed, until it becomes more fully formed. So waiting is born out of promise. But there's another layer to this in Moses' life. You know, when we're waiting for something, life narrows in around that waiting. We develop a tunnel vision around it, so we see everything through the lens of that waiting. Kids, this is especially clear with kids, they can't wait for Christmas right now, right? They're thinking about the things they want, the things they hope to receive. What's revealing about the life of Moses is that he is part of a larger waiting. So listen to what God told Abraham over 400 years prior to the life of Moses. The Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they will be servants there, and they will be affected for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. They shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. If you put this passage with Moses' life, Moses' personal waiting turns out to be part of this much larger waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled. Within Moses' life, a larger plan of God is unfolding. And it's difficult to fathom, but our lives unfold on the grand scale of history where God is at work and his promises are unfolding. His promises are larger than us. They were before us and they will outlive us. But our lives are contained within his promises. And we play a part right now in the fulfillment of his promise in the course of our lives. So as we wait, we should remember to look around us, to pray beyond ourselves. Could God have larger purposes within our own experiences of waiting? Are there other lives that God wishes to impact in the waiting that we experience? Waiting is born out of promise, God's faithful and sure promise. Now, second, waiting is a series of deaths and resurrections. Boy, did Moses have to learn this. 
Read Moses' story this week in our devotional. First, he's rejected by his people whom he seeks to help. Then he's forced to live on the run and in exile. His first child, Gershom, beautiful name, if anyone would like to use that at some point with a child, Gershom. He's named after a sense of homelessness. I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Moses had no intention of returning to Egypt to try again at helping his people. When he left, he was gone. He gave up on their freedom and his role as a deliverer. The dream had died. So God's appearance to Moses in the burning bush is a resurrection. It's a resurrection of Moses' own soul and of the resurrection of God's promise and the life of his people to deliver them out of slavery. You know, a, a brush fire in the desert wilderness probably was not a rare sight when you think about it. Notice what draws Moses' attention to the bush. I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. The bush is burning, but apparently the leaves and the branches aren't consumed like they normally would be in a brush fire. And it's only after Moses comes closer that God speaks to him out of the bush. And the bush signifies a core element of Christian faith. God is a consuming fire, but his fire functions like fuel. It lights aflame our dead lives but we're not burned up by his fire. We are used in his service. So the first death and resurrection for Moses is the death and resurrection of God's promise in his life. It was dead, and God brought it back to life. And this becomes the pattern of Moses' life. Called to lead God's people out of Egypt, Pharaoh repeatedly refuses and threatens Moses' life. If I see you again, I'll kill you, Moses to, uh, Pharaoh tells Moses. And time after time, God rescues Moses and shows himself more powerful than Pharaoh. Now, the ultimate demonstration of death and resurrection for Moses and for the people of Israel is at the Red Sea. To all appearances, Moses leads the Israelites into a death trap. The sea is on one side, Egypt is on the other. And Moses' career as a deliverer looks as if it would end on a pathetic note. First, he's chased out of the land into exile. The second time, he brings them to their own death. Somehow, in this moment, Moses is the only one with any faith. Fear not, stand firm, he tells the Israelites, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. Moses is right. He calls Israel to take steps of faith toward the water, and Moses then raises his staff and divides the waters. The people cross on a path between the waters. The Israelites following after them are the ones who are actually caught in a death trap. Death and resurrection are the defining pattern of Moses' life. Even after the Red Sea, he faces constant discouragement, desolation of his spirit. Being a deliverer was far from what Moses ever imagined it to look like. Moses is in need of a constant supply of God's spirit to keep him from giving up 
and letting the people go back to Egypt where they want to go. As we learn in the New Testament, the manna in the wilderness, the water that God would give them to keep them from dying of thirst, this was actually Christ ministering to them, keeping them alive. Death, resurrection. If you are a Christian, or if you become a Christian, you will discern this pattern in your life too, if you look closely. And if you're not a Christian, if you look closely enough at your life, you can likely recognize the need for this pattern. If you're not going to live in death all of your life, you need a pattern of death and resurrection. The Christian life begins with death. You die to yourself, to your own power and capacity to fulfill your own life. And you're raised up to live with Christ, to follow him in the world. But following Christ turns out to be a taking up of one's own cross, a daily dying to self. But on the other side of that, there's the amazing discovery that in dying to ourselves, Christ always gives us his life in return. More life. Just like Moses needed the Spirit, Christians need the Spirit of Christ to keep us close to him, alive in him, burning Waiting, it's integral to life in the world. And it is a series of deaths and resurrections. Now here's the last lesson on waiting. Waiting forms us to receive the promise. Waiting forms us to receive the promise. You know, Joseph was not ready to receive the promise of leading his family when he first had his dreams. He wasn't ready. He would have used his power to dominate his family, not to share food with them and serve them. Moses was not ready to become a deliverer when he first saw Israel's affliction. He had zeal, but he did not have righteousness, patience, and humility, the traits that he would need to be a true leader for God's people. I do not know all the things that you're waiting for. I know that waiting is frustrating. Particularly when I think that there's some deficiency in myself that if I could just solve it, fix it, the waiting will be over. I've realized things don't work that way. We have to surrender to God in our waiting so that he can form us in all the ways that we don't see we need to be formed in order to receive his promises. When God does send Moses back to Egypt to deliver the people, Moses asks this question, who am I that I should go? And God, it's as if he answers Moses in this way. What does it matter who you are? Here's what matters. I will be with you. When Moses comes to the end of his life, he's been formed in the waiting so that he leaves this promise with the people. Be strong and courageous. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Waiting forms us for God's promise. 
It is born out of promise. It is a series of deaths and resurrections, and it forms us to receive the promise of God. The resounding promise that comes to govern Moses' life is the promise that we're looking forward to right now in Advent, the promise of Emmanuel, of God's abiding promise with his people. I will be with you, he says. I'll be with you. So as you wait for all the things that you wait for, May you and I surrender to the God who is with us, who is near. And he tells us that his presence is the ultimate promise and the ultimate fulfillment of our lives. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.